1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without autopay pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com.
2: Top of the 8 o'clock hour here at our nation's capital here on this Monday night edition of Overtime. Tapped into the youngest in charge movement, taking you up to 10 o'clock before we hand things over to CBS Sports Radio. Coming up in about 15 minutes or so. We'll switch gears over to the National Football League. Our pal J.P. Acosta set to join the program. He was out in Vegas at the Super Bowl, so we'll ask him his thoughts on the big game as well as some of the cool conversations he got to have out in Vegas uh, as well. All that and more coming up in about 15 minutes when our pal J.P. Acosta joins the program. Right now, though, I am going to go out to the phones. 1-800-636-1067 is the number we found out earlier. A little bit of a hurdle, a monumental hurdle, I might add, put... Uh, in front of the Wizards, the Caps, and Ted Leones's in terms of their potential move uh, out to Alexandria, Virginia, at the Potomac Yard location. Senator of Virginia, uh, Luis Lucas, came out and pretty much said, look, as long as I'm in charge of the finances, we will not uh, be giving any money towards monumental sports and entertainment. And the one quote that I read earlier that I think is interesting and why Lucas and Virginia are playing hardball, she made a darn good point. In order for this move to happen, in order for Monumental Sports and Entertainment to move to Virginia, they are going to have to break out of the lease that they currently have with D.C. And I'm trying to do research on that as the show is moving on here tonight. There are some major legal ramifications that could happen As a result of Ted Leonsis and Monumental Sports breaking that lease early. So that's something that we'll have to monitor in this situation in the coming days and weeks. But uh, hearing from Senator Lucas today, she was pretty pretty adamant about the hurdles that are going to have to be faced here. Lucas says as far as she's concerned, the stadium deal is dead. And the quote that is making the rounds is if he's willing to renege on a lease for the folks in D.C., what's to say he wouldn't do that to us? And I think it's a very, very good point. The question that I want to pose, because it feels like the big issue here, people are upset that Ted's moving the team out of the district. First got to understand why Ted's moving the team. The reason why I think he's moving the team, they're not getting public funding from D.C. that they're requesting and asking for. And when you've done as much for the DMV and D.C. in particular as Ted Leonsis has done – to ask for a little bit of public funding after you've created a buku amount of jobs in, in D.C., I think is the, the the least that he should be asking for. It shouldn't be too big of an ask. I think there's a couple of different issues here. One, I don't think D.C. is capable and has the land to produce what Ted Leonsis is trying to create. He is trying to create an entertainment and sports Taj Mahal similar to what Josh Harris and the Manders are trying to create. But for Ted, he wants to be able to host the Final Four or host the national championship game, to host a a big-time uh, uh, event like a WrestleMania or something of that sort. To host major concerts like Beyonce and Taylor Swift. Think about this. Beyonce didn't come to Capital One Arena on her big major tour Because they couldn't fit her. The venue wasn't big enough. All of that's got to be taken into consideration. And I keep bringing this up every time we talk about this. The Rod Wave concert that happened back in what, like August? Rod Wave was probably the biggest artist to come to Cap One this summer. Well, I lied. Drake came to Cap One this summer. So I'll use that for an example. Drake was the biggest artist to come to Cap One this summer. You know what happened after the Drake concert? Over 350 cars throughout the district were broken into. Why? Because the city cannot properly police the downtown Chinatown area. It's one of the big reasons, if I'm Ted, I'd be looking to get the hell out of there. That That's, that's the interesting part to me with all of this. If we don't have enough money to properly police the area, how do we have enough public money to build a new arena? That's just where I stand with it. And the thing that I ask all of us as fans to do, right? Because it feels like Ted, and I'm not holding water for Ted Leonsis. I'm not lobbying to work for Monumental Sports and Entertainment. If you're going to have this hatred towards Ted Leonsis for wanting a little bit of public funding, I sure as hell hope you have the same energy for Josh Harris, Wolf Blitzer, Mark Gein, Magic Johnson, and their 21 limited partners. I hope you have that energy for that group who is going to have their handout asking for public funding. And if you've been paying attention to me throughout the summer when Josh first bought the team, look, I can care less. And maybe it's because I'm in the younger demographic. I haven't been out to RFK. I don't know what it's like when RFK is booming and jumping. I tell you what, for a city in D.C. that is as poverty-stricken as it is, that's got the crime issues that they have, it just doesn't make sense for the commanders to ask this jurisdiction for money. Why not Virginia? Why not Maryland? Because let's be honest, while it's all fine and dandy to have a stadium in D.C. and it brings back all your memories, let's not, Let's talk about the negative impact that it has and how it's going to take away from things like the police getting funded and teacher salaries and after-school programs, Metro, all of that, the potholes that you all complain about. Those are real issues, and I understand, yes, the stadium also brings money to an area, too. I get that. But let's be let's be frank about it. The money that they're asking for, how long does it take for that gets poured back in the community? It's a genuine ask, and I hope someone smarter than me calls in and chimes in on the subject, because I, I, I want to be swayed the other way. I'm open to hearing all sides of it. I don't really have... A dog in the race? I guess I do, because I don't want DC given public money for anything. I just don't. But I I don't know. Let's go to Tony. DC. What's going on, Tony?
3: Hey, thank you for uh, taking the call, and I'll be real quick. It's a a couple of uh, uh, misperceptions I want to clear up. DC is one of the richest cities in America, probably like the third or fourth richest city in America. They spend more money per pupil than any other school district in, in the country. They spend more money per citizen for social services than any other city in the U.S. D.C. has the second highest city budget behind New York. So there is money in D.C. I don't know if you've been keeping up with these traffic cameras. <laughs> some of these traffic cameras are earning like tens of hundreds of millions of dollars a year. D.C. just came up, found $200 million miraculously to give to Metro a couple of a week ago. So they, the city has money. There's a misconception that the city
2: does not have money. The but, city has but, money. But, but brother, but brother, and I and I hear you 100. I'm not. I'm. I'm asking this as someone that is probably not as educated on you in, in the situation. You mean to tell me you walk around DC and, and this is an area that looks like it's got money? Are you kidding? Do you see all the all, all the homeless people on the side of the street? Do you see the you way see Metro all- was up, is up is 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 kept? We talk about Metro see- getting money. Metro deserves some damn money, man. Look yeah, at it. I DC ride it pays, every day. Hold
3: on. DC DC pays its fair share. Virginia and Maryland don't pay their fair share.
2: In terms of so Metro,
3: the, in terms of Metro, yeah, okay. DC pays way more money for Metro you. than Virginia and Maryland. And one of the things they're trying to wrap in the Virginia bill to get the stadium out there is adding more Democrats, are adding more money than Metro. But let me make this quick t- point about Ted. Go ahead, go ahead. I think Ted is a good I think Ted is a good guy, but I think he's short-sighted. Him wanting a new stadium, you can't fault him. So one it's idiotic. Reason why Route One is one way in, one way out. It's it's already a, a cluster during rush hour brother, during normal time, brother. Brother, twenty five hundred uh, underground parking
2: spaces, brother. Traffic though, are, are you are you kind of about to complain about traffic? That, yes, every major yes. stadium in no, the, in listen. the world has traffic congestion.
3: Check check this out. Capital One sits on a grid, sits mm-hmm. on a street grid. You can you can get there by Uber, walking, six metro lines, bus, and scooter. You can't get to Route 1 like that. And then you got Reagan to boot on the other side, and they're only putting 2,500 parking spaces there. Capital One Arena has 20,000 parking spaces in one mile of the arena, underground parking spaces. And then when you when the games are over, you have the city grid. You can get out any any access road to get out of Capital One. Now, I do agree that crime is a the problem. There are a lot of issues that the mayor Dropped the ball with, and Ted has every right to one one a big facility. And and lastly, let me say this: Beyonce only does big stadiums, I, I've realized so she would have never that. did Capital One Arena. I realized that. Yeah, she only does like 70,000 seat 70, stadiums, so <laughs> she was never coming to Capital One Arena.
2: Okay, but this is my thing. You say that when you, when you say the mayor dropped the ball, you you act as if oh, the mayor forgot to zip up her coat before she went outside. That's a big dropping of the ball. That's what I don't get. Y'all That's are trying sense. to make like her shortcomings. No, like, like she's getting gotta, none of the blame, it feels like, and I don't understand that.
3: No, so she gets a lot of the blame. Here is why: A. Poland, the, the A. I don't know if you how long you've been living around here, but mm-hmm. uh, Chinatown was was basically Vietnam before A. Poland built Capital MCI know. Center, and and it brought so much economic development to that downtown area. So, so Ted started griping about wanting a new arena. They should have already had that money available for Ted. By creating another tax somewhere, they 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 that that's how the city is able to fund anything. They just create a tax, a hotel tax, a tax on beverages, a tax on drinks, and that's how they're able to uh, generate millions of dollars for whatever they want to build. So it was it was a it was a bad bad decision on her part not to give Ted the money upfront. But I think that one last thing. I think that moving out to Route One is is a, is a disaster a, a, a logistical standpoint. Because even the Metro general manager came out and said, hey. Well, he, well hold on. If he,
2: he's, he's an airhead. What the hell does Randy Clark know? I'm sorry. I ride yeah. Metro
3: every day. Did you hear? But did you hear what he said? I, I, he said, nobody told me they were building an arena right here. This Metro <laughs> station that was scheduled to be shuttered. Mm. Scheduled to be shut down. They yeah. had like six stations scheduled to be shut down. That that station only has one escalator. Mm. And that goes up, and then there's some a set of stairs that go down. I don't know if you've been there or not. It's not I even haven't. equipped to handle anything uh, the size of an arena. So I don't know what Ted was thinking about when he decided to put it on Route 1.
2: <sighs> He'd been negotiating, man. You, can you blame him? If Mayor, if Bowser, and it, they didn't bring him an offer, a counter offer, until they were announcing a press conference, Tony.
3: Too late. Right, too late.
2: That's my whole but, thing with all of it.
3: But this is the other point, too. There are two Virginia's. Correct. northern virginia and mm. the rest of virginia <laughs> the, the rest of virginia don't give two poops about northern yeah. virginia and they need support from those southern senators and delegates that's what that's what lucas is talking about yeah they, 100%. They, they hate northern virginia i would too they, they, if they ain't getting northern none of the yankee land
2: they don't have they don't they don't reap any of the financial benefits tony and i appreciate the call let's go to uh let's go to fred in fairfax go on fred All
4: right. Are you there?
2: I'm good, Fred. How you doing?
4: Hi. Thanks for taking my call. I, I agree with you completely uh, in that I think uh Leon, is getting really too much of the blame here. If if you look, if we look, I'm 62 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had, as a kid, uh, season tickets to the Bullets and Landover, and I've been to a good number of Redskins games in my life. And there's two problems. A, crime is a is a pretty big problem, but the other problem is that the city really under Bowser has uh, had a steady decline. If you look back at Tony Williams, he took this uh, you know, t- uh, city of D.C. and just made it into a, uh, a diamond. I mean, under his, I don't know, whatever it was, eight years or whatever that he was here, he literally turned D.C. around and everybody wanted to come to D.C. I have friends that are realtors, uh, both commercial and residential. There's a mass exodus out of D.C. Businesses are leaving. the Government uh, employees don't want to be in D.C. I mean, it, it, you know, it, nobody wants to be there. So, A, you don't have, you know, I can't blame Leonsis because his customer base is also leaving. It's, it's shrinking. So, Virginia, on the other hand, is
2: growing. Fred, the thing that I think that that we miss with all of this is why the customer base is leaving. If I was a restaurant and I was getting robbed and there was crime and drug use happening on the doorstep of my establishment, hell yeah, I'd want to get the hell out of the area. Especially when for years Ted has cried and complained for more police presence. Not only has he not been afforded more police presence, they've actually decreased. The police presence around Cap 1. And Fred, I appreciate the call. This this situation yeah. frustrates the hell out of me. I'll be honest with you. Because I, I don't... I, I can admit when I'm ignorant on a situation. And with this, there's some parts of it I obviously am not up to speed with like some of you all out there. And I get it. It's all opinion based at the end of the day. But the opinions are based off of fact. And the fact of the matter is this. D.C. Mayor Bowser has not held up their end of the bargain when it comes to Ted Leonsis in monumental sports. And they can go out and they can, you know, politic however they want, and they can try to shift the narrative however they please. But at the end of the day, you can't sit up here and try to paint Ted Leonsis as some villain. What he has done for the, what he's done for this community, Ward 7, Ward 8, Ward 6, why don't we ever commend him for that? It's just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Let's go to Matthew in DC. What's going on, Matt?
5: Hey, Linnell. How you doing? Um, before I begin, I just want to reiterate, you deserve your own damn regular time slot on 106.7. Matt, I they
2: appreciate it. they got to give you one. Matt, I appreciate okay. it as always.
5: And I won't mention losing other people, because you got mad at me last time I did that. <laughs> so I'm actually going to pick up on the point you just made. Yeah. Ted Leonsis didn't invest in wards six, seven, and eight. Ted Leonsis and the district government mm. did. The entertainment and sports complex was built using district funds and land. So I just want to I want to temper the conversation. Please about correct
2: that. me. Please correct me because, like I said, I'm not a brainiac. Yeah.
5: And I'm not saying I'm not saying he didn't invest, but I'm not saying he would, He did it solely out of his own pocket. The entertainment and sports complex built at Saint Elizabeth's was part of an overall campus plan for that location. The district's doing something similar in what's called Hill East, which is essentially the area to the south uh, to the south and to the east of where RFK Stadium is now. So there is a potential to use that space for a future stadium, among other things. But I want to point out that. Ted Lances is a business person. He's going to make the best financial decision for his pocketbook. But to say that he has been doing, you know, he's been a fil- philanthropic, you know, largess, uh, entered, th- you know, distributed across the city, is a little um, less accurate.
2: You think I'm overstating it a little bit? Incorrectly, I do me think you're I overstating. Have. Yeah, I think
5: you are overstating a little bit, not a lot, because he definitely is committed to the District of Columbia, but or, or and to the, I should say to the area. But uh, but it's, as you well know, it's not solely a financial – it's not solely a, um, out of the generosity of his heart. In the same way, it won't be for Josh Harris and his group. These are going to be cold number decisions. Uh, I'm going to make a recommendation to you. I'm going to talk to your producer. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'd like to see if I can arrange for a person – to be interviewed by you, because you give great interviews. You had a Sally Jenkins interview, maybe about a year and a half ago. I still think was one of the best interviews I've heard I appreciate on sports you, radio. Man, so, That was the
2: only time I got to interview Miss Jenkins, Matt, so hopefully we get it Sally great. again. I appreciate it. Get her again. Get her again. She sh- she would love to be on your her show, I'm here, sure. Matt, you, you know my Twitter address. If you're on social media, DM me, and I would love to to get someone on to talk about this in, in, in further detail, because I feel like I'm speaking for the little person here, because I'm Come from a background where my family didn't have a bunch of money. I couldn't afford to go out to a bunch of Wizards games and things of that nature. So there's some stuff about this that I miss, but I definitely no, but appreciate it. You could, inco- it, you could af- afford to go to all of those
1: fighting colonel <laughs> games.
2: Ah, <laughs> For sure, my man. For sure. It was look, A-Doc. look, I appreciate the call, Matthew. Um, yeah, look. Appreciate Matt giving, offering someone. I, I, I hope anyone else out there, if you have someone that's an expert on this, hit me up. I would love to engage further in conversation about this 1-800-636-1067 is the number the issue that I feel like we haven't even really touched here yet and when I what I really wanted to go to the phones for Mario Bowser to me at least the reason that she played it slow with all of this was so that the Washington commanders could come to D.C. without any type of financial hurdle it's going to be a pick one or the other situation I feel like and that's what I want to ask you the fans 1-800-636-1067 is the number. What do you prefer? If you could only have one, a Commander Stadium or the Wizards and Caps remaining here in D.C., which one would you choose? Mustafa is in Fairfax. What's going on?
1: Hey, man. How you doing, Mr. Williams?
2: I'm good. How you doing? <clears throat> I'm a great – I'm a
1: huge, huge fan. Um, honestly, just wanted to call, let you know that this is usually is time where I'm driving back home from work, and, man, you, your show is – it's what I look forward to the most. End of the day, get in the car, crank it up with Mr. Willingham. I appreciate um, you. You're a beast, man. OG on the radio.
2: I appreciate you, my man.
1: And as far as the last question that you asked, man, if I could pick one, it's, it's Washington, man. The commander's coming back, to, coming back to the city. I never got to witness it because I was born in 98. Ah, you are a while. I,
2: I was, see. I dig it. I dig it.
6: Yeah,
1: so I I I just want to. I've been a diehard fan my whole life. Um, I was seven months old when Snyder became the owner. Lived through that hell hell, and <laughs> now ho- hoping for better days ahead. But always been a diehard. Never faltered. Never faded away. Always been reading that burgundy and gold.
2: For sure, Mustafa. Look, I appreciate the kind words as always, my man. Keep tapping in. One uh, 1067 is the number. Dave in Woodbridge, one of my favorites. David, long time. No, hear from you, my man. How are you? Hey, buddy. Hey, I'm doing
7: well, man. Um, so, if I if I've got a pick, mm-hmm. I, I guess I want the Caps to go to Virginia. I'd love for the Wizards to stay where they are,
6: mm-hmm.
7: somehow to get a practice facility there. And I'm I'm still on move the Commanders to Oxen Hill Farm. You imagine going to a game and having fun with all your boys, and afterwards you go over to the casino, yeah, or nice, you know, the nice restaurants. There's so much right there. The infrastructure That's by MGM? is there. That's by MGM, Dave. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So Hogan had him and Snyder. Him, Hogan and Snyder worked a deal out of. I guess it's been about six years ago or longer now, where he was going to give him the property, but then all the controversy with the name came up. But the infrastructure is there. Everybody says no Metro. The two, the inner part of the Wilson Bridge, if you're ever on the Wilson Bridge, the outer lanes are three lanes, the inner are two. Mm -hmm. The reason why that is they left that for Metro to connect the National Harbor and also to connect with Eisenhower. And they're also now talking about making a Metro run from the the top of PG all the way down to National as well. and one other subject, real mm-hmm. quick. There was a guy on here saying about everybody leaving D.C.
2: Mm-hmm.
7: Well, the reason why everybody was leaving D.C. Um, and businesses and everything was COVID. Nobody was going to work now. That's true. You know, Zoom and Teams that changed everything. People I hate are it. working from home. They're, I, it's different. <laughs> yes, it's definitely different. It is. But that's why the Learners were trying to sell the Nationals. They lost so much money with their
2: commercial real estate. That's their cash cow. And honestly, Dave, you know, I'll, they, I'll say they, this about the Nats. They got a really raw deal because when they, when have we oh, ever yeah. seen a team not be able to financially capitalize off of a championship? Like, that was that's crazy. Oh, the, oh, they for sure, should have put sure. a time limit on that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Dave, I appreciate hey, the call as you. always, my man. 1-800-636-1067. This number Steve is in Fairfax. Go on, Steve. Steve! Uh, hello. Can you hear me? Yep, I got you, buddy. How you doing?
7: Look, I'm sorry because I know a lot of people aren't going to like these comments, but, <laughs> you know, Mr. and Mrs. Middle Class America that can afford a ticket, they're not going to D.C. because, one, their car is going to get broke into. Yep. Two, their children are going to have to watch somebody urinating on the sidewalk in broad daylight. And, three, they might get robbed or shot. I mean, let's be realistic about it. You go across the river to Crystal City where they want to put the new stadiums and the dry, the, the crime drops tremendously and ignore it i mean it's, it's like incredible statistics they drop so the, if they want fans to come to the game to come to the stadium they have to move somewhere because no one with any right mind is going to come down there and you know you you may get the uh people from up northwest or people that have the money or have the box the skyboxes and mm-hmm. businesses but you're not too dangerous it's literally too dangerous people aren't stupid they've already had a shooting outside national stadium I think during a game.
2: Well, that's because the that's because the 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 lunatics out here, Steve, were stupid enough to put a sports book outside of it. Nat's Park is across the block from a war zone in D.C., and they put a sports book outside of it. That's why someone got shot. It's, and and yeah, God well, forbid, it's, uh, it, God forbid, it keeps happening. But 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 darn. Well, let me. I understand, but let me say this. I have some experience with this. I spent over 20
7: years across the South Capitol Bridge in the 7th District as okay. a police officer for MPD. Okay. When they were building that stadium, we all joked at how long it would be before there would be a shooting outside the stadium. The people who commit crime, not just people in 7D, but let's say people in PG, let's say people in Virginia, they, they come down there because nothing's going to happen to them. Mm. And the city has brought this upon themselves. That's all there is to it. And uh, like I said, no one, I, I brought my kids to Capitol's games when they were little. Never again could I do that. I would I would be scared to death that something would happen to them to go to a game. I'd rather take them to George Mason and watch <laughs> a, a college game or take them to a little league. Well, hold game. on, don't, don't try to poo poo on sure George Mason. Hoop, Steve. Don't hold on
2: now. Steve, I'm I sorry pre- I couldn't hear you. I was about to say, Steve, don't don't try to poo poo on George Mason athletics, man. I appreciate the call as always. Let's go to uh James, who's also in Fairfax. What's going on, James.
8: How you doing, man? I'm good. How you doing? So, a couple of firsts for you. First, my first time listening to your program, and it is fantastic. I appreciate you. Man. And this is the first time I've ever called into a radio show. <laughs> oh well, look,
2: we appreciate you tapping in, my man. Dude, yeah.
8: So my main thing is, and I'm a I'm an Eagles fan, but the reason why I don't right, go we'll to talk football to you later, games.
2: James, James, we'll talk oh, to you. Oh man, no I was like, yeah, my
8: man. first time calling, go and I can't man. even. <laughs> um, so the reason why I don't I don't go to Commanders games is because it's such a pain in the butt to get out to Landover. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess I would prefer to have a football stadium in the district, but uh, I had a question. Was one of the reasons why they're moving the Wizards is because that it's unsafe? The stadium area is unsafe?
2: That's part that of it. that like one of them? That's part of it. So, Ted Leonsis and the surrounding businesses in the Cap 1 Chinatown gallery place area have complained about an uptick in crime. And as a response to the uptick in crime, James the police have been kind of defunded in that area. So there's less of a police presence ah, uh, amidst true. all the complaints. So that there's that. Yeah,
8: that's true. That's true. I mean, I guess, yeah, I guess I would much rather have a football stadium closer because I I do enjoy going to football games. I just don't enjoy going to Landover. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, um, look, no it does. would be cool. <laughs> it would be cool to have a, a, a brand new upgraded wizard facility because I'm, a, I'm more NBA than I am NFL. For
2: sure. For sure. And I think, James, I appreciate the call. The one thing that I think people are kind of, and I talked about it earlier, I guess no one cares about this because people don't see the Wizards as some free agent destination. They They finally have a real basketball front office with real respected minds that have clout and cachet throughout the league. We haven't been able to get free agents because the book is out on what Washington basketball was. It was considered a joke. Now that you got Mike Winger and Will Dawkins and Schlank, guys that are well traveled throughout this league, you can't bring free agents to the Saint Elizabeths. You just can't. You just can't. Steve and Manassas. what's going on, Steve?
6: Yes, I was on the road earlier, and um, I agree with what the one person was saying about um, not having enough security. Around um, where the Capitals play, yeah, and not doing enough for the district, but I do believe the fact that Leonis wanted to move to Virginia has put pressure on DC to do more. Now, what I remember when I when the Capitals were playing for the Stanley Cup and the Stanley Cup playoffs. I didn't have a ticket to watch it live, but I was out in the streets and there was, DC is a melting pot for all different races. For sure. And creeds. And people were out there rooting for the Capitals. It was something to experience. Now, one thing I do like, Mm -hmm. the idea of for the Washington Commanders to have that stadium at RFK, a new stadium. I remember doing a D.C. marathon and taking the Metro Rail and bam, you're right in front of the stadium. And that would be the same if the commanders had a stadium in D.C. Be the That's what one thing I think. For sure. That's how I'd feel. For sure. Let me ask and you I this, Steve. Do not Steve, believe... le- Steve, let me ask no. you
2: this before we let you if, go. If you had, if you had if... to choose between either of the two, which one would you rather have in DC?
6: If I had to choose, I would want the commanders to be at RFK. Now, I, one other point mm-hmm. I do not believe that the people in Virginia, taxpayers of Virginia, should not have to pay for anything regarding if they move to Virginia. And Abe Poland, if Leonis had told Abe Poland, eventually I'm going to move away from D.C., he would not have sold it to to Leonis. That's what I believe. Because Abe Poland did a lot for D.C. community. For sure. That's how I feel.
2: For sure. I appreciate the call as always, Steve. Wow. Look, glad to take all the calls on this. You guys are clearly impassioned about this topic. I get it. I guess I'll answer the question. If I had to choose between the Wizards and Caps being in D.C. or the the Commanders being in D.C., I'd choose none. And I've stood on... Tim, with this the entire summer, I just don't think the district is in any type of position to be publicly kicking out money uh, for a stadium. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll take a big picture look at the National Football League. JP Acosta of SB Nation set to join us next. He was out in Vegas at the Super Bowl. We'll recap the big game with JP. Plus, take a look ahead at some of the Washington Commanders' hard pressing issues as we get ready. Uh, for
6: the off-season. That's next here on The Fam. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. <sighs>
2: Welcome back. It is overtime here on 106.7 The Fan. We're always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. It's the youngest in charge, Movement. Boonella Willingham, taking up to 10 o'clock before we hand things over to CBS Sports Radio. We'll switch gears here a little bit as we get warmed up and head into the final hour of power here on this Monday night. We've talked all things NBA with the Washington Wizards and their impending stadium move. Right now, though, I want to go out to the BetQL guest hotline where we find our pal J.P. Acosta. Uh, who covers the National Football League for SB Nation. Make sure you give JP a follow on Twitter at Acosta32 underscore JP. What's going on, my man? How are you? Going great. Thanks for having me back on. Yes, sir, man. I had to have you back on. You were one of my favorite follows during, you know, this past Super Bowl week out in Vegas, watching you grind the tape with some of the NFL's best. Before we get into the nitty-gritty of the Super Bowl and what happened last night, can you just tell me about how Vegas went for
1: you, my man? It was awesome to get to watch. Yeah, it was amazing. Um I was not a, I was not ready for it to be cold in Las Vegas. <laughs> I was expecting hot Las Vegas. For Sure. Got a plane and it was cold and I was like, Oh wait, this is weird. But <laughs> overall I couldn't ask for anything more out of the experience. Being able to talk ball with those guys and then be able to ask them some fun questions. Stuff they wouldn't get asked normally during the season. So it was really fun. Who would you say was probably
2: your favorite conversation that you that you had this past week out in Vegas?
1: Ooh, that is a really tough one. Um <laughs> I've seen I'm you talk go with to Kurt Miles. Kirk Cousins Ke- and KJ okay. Osborne. Ah, the Vikings go too. Cousins, KJ okay. Yeah. Uh Kirk Cousins is such a great interview. He gave me so much information about how the Vikings run dig routes, where he likes to throw the ball on those end breakers. And then he told me he's a really big Disney fan and that he's going <laughs> to Disney sometime soon. So we talked about Disney a little bit.
2: For sure. Did uh did Kirk give you any insight as to where he'll be at next fall? <laughs>
1: Oh, no, no, no. We kept that under wraps. I didn't want to ask him any of that. Sure. I, I wanted to ask the real question about sure. what's his favorite Disney park, which is Epcot, by the
2: way. <laughs> for sure. Definitely uh, enjoyed Kirk during his time here in D.C., just one of the most down-to-earth humans uh, that you'll ever come across in the National Football League. Last night, though, uh, I expected a 19-17 game going into last night, JP. I thought this Kansas City defense would really make things difficult for San Fran. I thought that they would have to force a turnover – to get some points. Overall, I was impressed by both of the quarterbacks. I thought I thought Brock Purdy showed it really well for himself. And then during the game's biggest moments, Patrick Mahomes showed why he's well on his way to being the greatest quarterback we've ever seen. Any surprises from you yesterday in the Super Bowl?
1: I think I was a little surprised at how well the others for the Kansas City defense played. We yeah. know the stars were going to come to play. Chris Jones was once again dominant. Trick McDuffie was phenomenal. Yes. Jarius Snead had a great game. Leo Chenault had an amazing game. Yeah. He played. He did exactly what they needed to do on setting the edge on those runs, being able to be kind of an extra, that third linebacker. Mike Pinnell was playing phenomenally yeah. on the interior, helping to stop, stop up those inside runs. And they were able to control that middle eight portion of the game. The last four minutes of the first half, going into the first four minutes of the second half, the Chiefs defense was able to slow it down and grind it down to their spot, to their game, to their pace. And what they did was they held them for long enough, long enough for the Chiefs to figure it out. It feels like that has been the theme of the Kansas City Chiefs this year. The defense played so well that it allowed Patrick Mahomes and that office to figure it out because then when they figure it out, it's hard to stop
2: them. It sure is. And it felt like, and let me know if you agree with this, JP, that muff punt that uh, San Fran had in the third quarter. It felt like that was one of the changing points in this football game. Patrick Mahomes was simply sensational after that, doing it on the ground with his legs and then creating plays off schedule with his arm as well. Some of the throws he made last night, JP, there's a reason why we're already elevating him and anointing him in this GOAT conversation. But based on what you saw from Patrick and now knowing what the resume looks like after winning the second Super Bowl, or third Super Bowl, where do you think he's at right now in terms of this greatest-of-all-time conversation? Is it too premature to start speaking about him in that light?
1: I mean, I don't think it's premature at all. I think this is another stamp on a case that he could be (laughs) the greatest quarterback of all time. If you look at his stats compared to Brady's through the first seven years of their career, Patrick Mahomes has either tied or surpassed Tom Brady in most of these stats. Um, Both... Brady and Mahomes won their third title in their seventh season, but Patrick Mahomes is on pace to also be a career passing yards leader, passing touchdowns leader. Mm. He has been the best quarterback I think I've ever seen play football, and it's not just that. It's the ability to have Patrick Mahomes and change the entire offense and the way you play offense and not miss a beat. It was kind of hammered home after the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, but yeah. Tyreek Hill was traded in 2021, and then the Chiefs won back-to-back Super Bowls, being the first team to go back-to-back in 20 years since those Patriots. And they're able to do that because the quarterback changed and developed and grew. This was the most mundane for Holmes performance in terms of he's not making all the wow throws. You know, he had beat yeah. bad the Hardman in the first quarter, mm-hmm. but it was all so precise. It was all so. It felt very Brady-ish, yeah. including the scrambles at the end of the game where he's taken off for twenty plus yards. I'm, I think he is. He is the best quarterback I have ever seen play football.
2: Look, I don't, I don't think you're speaking in hyperbole when you say that, my brother. I, I agree with you hundred percent. And I think when we just look at the way the two look on tape, I'm a big eye test guy, JP. The eye test matters with me you can stack their numbers up to each other, and they're obviously very similar. But when you watch the two guys play the position, I don't think we've ever seen someone be able to impact the game with his legs and his arm the way that Pat Mahomes is doing it. I know Lamar Jackson is you know, trying to enter himself in that conversation. I know Josh Allen is trying to enter himself in that conversation. But the consistency that we see Pat Mahomes do it with uh, is, is absolutely phenomenal to watch. And you mentioned him not having a bunch of wild plays last night. I think it shows his maturity, right? It, it's easy to go out and want to make the home run play every time, but I think the benefit that he got from sitting in that first year behind Alex Smith and understanding the nuance of the position, uh, I think is certainly you know helping his cause and why he's been on such a tear throughout his first seven years.
6: Yeah, I
1: think it also speaks to the growth that Mahomes has done In between these seasons, you know, I think we look at that loss in Arrowhead to the Bengals in the 2021 AFC Championship game Mm -hmm. where they took away everything and Mahomes just held off the ball for far too long. It was starting to go like that in the first half of the Super Bowl, and then it changed. It changed back to those quick passes, the timing, get the ball out of Mahomes' hands. And that growth, he has reinvented himself as a player from going from a beatball, no-ball kind of FIFA fan and player to one of the most efficient quarterbacks we've ever seen play football. And he can also do the off-script stuff. So it's just insane watching him play.
2: Yeah, it honestly is. And I'm happy that, you know, we're getting to watch all of this. And, and, and as a fan, it's, it's a beautiful thing uh, to be a part of. It's interesting, though, JP, because now that we're seeing Patrick Mahomes have this success – all these talent evaluators in the NFL are going to be you know, steadfast trying to find the next Patrick Mahomes. A lot of people calling USC's Caleb Williams that. What have you seen watching Caleb Williams on tape? And do you think Caleb would stand to benefit sitting a year the way that Patrick had to?
1: So I do not think Caleb Williams is the next Patrick Mahomes. I don't think anybody is the next <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. No, that's fair. That is a... Trying to find the next pass at Mahomes is how you end up drafting Zach Wilson, you know? So, what Caleb Williams does well is the off script. It's the ability to make the magic happen. His, His physicality combined with his ability to just eviscerate opposing defenses downfield, the crazy throws, it's a little similar to, it's not like Patrick Mahomes, but I think my comparison for him has always been big Kyler Murray. Oh. I think he's a little bigger than Kyler. <laughs> Kyler is a whole lot quicker. Yeah. But the the way they play is so similar all the way down to, I think what Kyler does that Caleb Williams also does is in that hunt for the big play, he will turn down the, the in the hunt for the home run, yeah. he won't get the double. Yeah. He's going to strike out, you know. But if you can get him in a system with a coordinator who tells him, hey, it's okay to hit these doubles and singles. You don't always got to go for a homer. He can really become some special.
2: I agree with you on that. But, JP, the one thing that's interesting is that sounds a lot like the scouting report on Patrick Mahomes coming out of Texas Tech, you know, several years ago. And the reason I asked you, do you think he can stand the benefits from sitting is because I think. Patrick learned a lot in that one year behind Alex. How quickly do you think Caleb will be able to come in and have success, and do you think it will be dependent upon him being able to sit like
1: Patrick did? I think it depends a lot on where he's going, the environment that he's going into. I think Patrick Holmes was able to sit because they had an entrenched starter in Alex Smith and Andy Reid as the head coach. Having that brain nucleus, and I think Andy Reid also made some great coordinator hires to surround the homes and kind of mind meld their systems together. You know, hiring Bradfields to help them kind of learn some of that airway, like, brand option often, just et cetera. that really helped the Chiefs and Andy Lute a lot. So it depends on who you surround Caleb Williams with, because if you have a guy this like, is a, I don't know, this is final if, if you have a guy break. like, Jacoby just
6: mm-hmm.
1: sitting behind and Caleb mm-hmm. I think that I think that'd be fine. I don't think they bring a lot of money <laughs> in that, in that competitive, like, area, so you would probably start Caleb. But having that veteran to kind of help him learn as he continues to grow is huge.
2: Yeah, I agree 100%. I think that's why I'm a big proponent of fit, you know, when it comes to young quarterbacks coming into the National Football League and having success. I, I Look, you you kind of crapped on Zach Wilson a little bit. I think we probably can both agree. He wasn't put in an ideal situation to succeed the way that Patrick Mahomes was, and I, for one, am you know thrilled to see the second act of, of Zach Wilson's career. When it comes to these top three quarterbacks at the top of the draft, JP, we know the conversation that's happening here locally in Washington. The debate is whether or not you move heaven and earth to go up and get Caleb Williams. JP, if you had to put on your evaluator hat, how would you address the quarterback position this offseason in Washington?
1: So, I actually have Drake May as my QB one. Wow. And if you're able to get Drake May at two, I'd be perfectly fine with that. I think the Caleb Williams-Drake May conversation is all about what you flavor and what you prefer in your quarterback. I think Drake May is a bit more, he'll take the mundane. He's a, he's a real big risk-taker, I think. He's a little reckless as a runner and a downfield passer, but his ability to get from one, to two, to three, the arm talent, the accuracy downfield, it is so similar to some of the top passers in the game and the way that he manages the pocket. So I'd, I'd be ecstatic if I was able to sit at two and get Drake men.
2: Now let me ask you this about, you know, Drake May and what he was able to accomplish this year. The games that people point to, people look at the NC State game, they look at the Clemson game, and they look at that Georgia, uh, the UVA performance as well as kind of, you know, games where he kind of fell off of the cliff a little bit. What do you that are critical of Drake May and, and wonder whether or not that skill set will be able to translate to the next level?
1: So I think the process for Drake May was really good, even if the was both. We're not up enough this year in North Carolina. The offensive design was horrible in North Carolina. The receivers—I mean, they had to wait until Tens Walker was deemed eligible by the NCAA to finally have a true receiver out there. Right. So, I think Drake May's surrounding talent was not as good, you know. And I also think, to an extent, Caleb Williams' surrounding talent was not that great this year. For sure. I think. Both of them went through kind of the same arcs over a, uh, over a college career, over a three-year college career. I think Caleb Williams obviously had a higher peak with William Heisman. But you just look at how the last years went, between the offensive line issues, the play calling issues, and just the disappointment that came with a really tough year. Yeah, I think they're both very similar. So like I said, it depends on what you prefer, what's your style at yeah. quarterback.
2: It's going to be about fit, like we keep talking about, J.P. I appreciate you giving me some time, as always, my man. Safe travels.
1: Thanks for having me.
2: Yes, sir. That is J.P. Acosta, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at Acosta32 underscore J.P. And check out his work uh, at spNation.com. Final hour of power coming up here on this Monday night edition of Overtime. When we get back, the Washington Commanders made some big-time additions to the coaching staff earlier today. We get up to speed on the latest next here on The Fan.
6: With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
0: (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact